Let's, uh, now we're finally in your handout, uh, chapter 4, a little bit of chapter 4 here, um, the temptation or some of the temptation. We'll see how far we go. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So he had gone down from Galilee to the Jordan, somewhere near the Dead Sea, the, the vicinity maybe of Jericho. And now he's going away from there. Uh, he, this, is the, this is the north end of the Dead Sea. This is actually a satellite picture. So this is not a map. This is a photograph of what it looks like today. Um, so Jesus is somewhere along here. That squiggly green line are, is, the, is the lush green growth along the bank of the Jordan. So he's somewhere there. And then he goes in one direction or the other. My arrow happens to go left. He may have gone to the right. Um, what is that light tan region around the Dead Sea? It is called Jeshimon. And uh, sometimes pronounced Jeshimon. And it is a scary place. There are rocks. And there are bigger rocks, and there are scorpions, and there are snakes, and there are maybe robbers, um, but that's basically it. If you find shade, that's because you're under a big rock. There, otherwise, it's just this terrible, stony wasteland. It's a wilderness. It's a desert without sand. Um, that's a nasty desert. Um, difficult place to be. And Jesus goes for how long is his vacation here? 40 days. 40 days and 40 nights. And he was, you got to say it with a little bit of more oomph in your belly. Hungry. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm also thinking of my childhood. Mom says, supper's ready. And I come in and go, I'm glad because I'm, I'm hungry. No, I'm eight years old. I'm starving. And yeah, that's, that's, that's so, uh, yeah, I wasn't really starving. But, um, and uh, um, in fact, my mother would have said, well, you're playing with your G.I. Joe and the rhubarb patch. Just cut off the leaves and have some rhubarb. It's just fine. But, uh, um, then she'd yell at me for eating all the peas out of the pods, though. This is not counseling for me. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, another time. Fasted 40 days. and What's the significance of the 40? That, that's an example. Is the 40 days that it rained. I'm thinking of... Maybe. Maybe. Is it the 40, though? Is there a... Another Old Testament significance to the 40? Kind of wondering about the 40 years in the wilderness um, of the Israelites. It's, it's also the 40 um, is a, a number of preparation um, before or after a thing. There are other examples in scripture. I didn't write them down, but there are, there are a couple of these things where the, somebody goes away and does something for 40 somethings. Um, with Israel, it's 40 years before they enter into the promised land and, and the rain of the 40 days and 40 nights of the flood. That, that's, that's, that's correct that Larry shared with us. And there are, there are others. With Jesus, there's a 40-day period both before his ministry and immediately after. 
Um, it's a period of cleansing. So Jesus waits. After his resurrection, he waits 40 days before he returns to heaven. There is that little period at the, at the end. So therefore, how long do the, do the disciples have to wait until Pentecost? Well, 10 after Jesus ascended because it's the 50th day. when Pente That's what Pentecost means. So, is the, so it was just 10 to a week and a half of, uh, of, of, of going up. But 40 days, 40 nights, he is hungry. Did he perhaps have water out there? Um, we're not told in the temptation that he was without water. Um, the, 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 tempta the first temptation is not about water, it's about what? Bread. But not about water. And that thing that I showed you, that terrible, terrible place, uh, that this, this, this thing, that's actually a gulch, a wadi. At the, at the darkest center of that crooked thing, there might be water. So it is possible that he may have found water here and there um, in that place. I'm not going to discount that as a possibility. But he certainly couldn't have drunk from the Dead Sea. Um, not really any place of it. But he's fasting, so not eating for 40 days and 40 nights. Then the tempter came to him. A couple different titles here for the devil in this text. The in Matthew, at least. The tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, literally, by the way, you could also translate this since you are the son of God. There would be no difference in Greek between if and since. Um, and so it, does the devil know that he's the son of God or at least suspect? Certainly. He uses the term. So, but if you're the son of God, command these stones to become bread. And that's a reference to really what? I think it's the manna in the wilderness that you've had your 40 days and aren't you hungry? Couldn't you conjure up bread out of nothing? You know, the way that you, son of God, sent down bread as sort of tasty snow to your people in, the, in their days of wandering in the wilderness. And yeah, he could have commanded the stones to become bread. But Jesus answered, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Our reference is Deuteronomy 8 for that. I want to make a, a point of pointing out the references for you. Um, so the first temptation is to eat, and Jesus is out there to be filled spiritually and with the word of God. And the devil wants to fill him with something besides the word of God. But Jesus wants the word of God. Every word that comes out of the mouth of God. That's what I'm after. That's what I crave. And then what does Jesus have in his mouth? The word of God. He's got the word of God on his lips right then and there. I don't need your, 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 your miracle bread devil. I've got the word of God. That's what I'm here for is to be filled with the word of God. I was curious about the 40 days and the Deuteronomy 8 reference. And I thought, what if you divide up the Pentateuch, the books of Moses, so that on the 40th day, Jesus is thinking about the 8th chapter of Deuteronomy. 
How many chapters a day would Jesus be thinking about to have gotten all the way this far into the Pentateuch? And I'm, I'm not sure that that's a useful exercise. Okay, you could come up with a number, you know. Did Jesus have the whole Bible memorized? Do you think that God knows the whole Bible? I think that God knows the whole Bible. And could he have done that? Could he have been, you know, uh, maybe, maybe even whispering it, saying it to himself out loud? Um, uh, 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 maybe. But I'm not sure that that's a useful exercise. I wanted to mention that I thought about it, though. But I'm not sure that, it's, that, it, would, that it would help. Um, then the devil. So, first temptation, bread. Um, Jesus responds, I'm not here for that on my tongue. I'm here for the word of God on my tongue. And then he shows that he has the word of God in his tongue. Second temptation. The devil, notice a different name for the devil here from tempter, now we have devil. Took him into the holy city, which can only be Jerusalem, and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple. The wall around the temple is perfectly level. If you take a spirit level, which is, Alan, are they usually three feet long? Or something like, pretty much. And they have a, a, a for us, a level would have a little um, plastic bubble. Um, and in it would be uh, probably water, but then there would be a bubble in there. So that if the bubble is moving left or right, you'd know that you're, you know, that you're cattywampus. Um, a simpler one is to simply have on a line um, a, uh, a, a plumb bob or just a piece of lead of some kind and, and hold it and see if it sways back and forth. I'm just going to share this with you. In the earliest days of flying in World War I, that's what the pilots had inside the cockpit because sometimes you're in fog or something and you could be flying at like at an angle or something. You're going fast enough forward that you can't tell from your equilibrium, even if you're upside down. So you'd have a little thing showing if you're level or not to help you. And if it's and by the way, if it's if it's going straight up, you're upside down. You know, so that was but in those in those earliest days, it was one of the only three or four instruments they had. Instruments, you know, it's just a thing. Just a swirly thing, really. But, but in the, the, I'm, I'm mentioning this because the temple, although it's equal all the way around the top, is uneven on the ground level. So the corner of the temple that is on the southeastern side is it's a lot farther down than any other corner of the temple. And that, that's, that's what this photograph is, and that's certainly where the devil would have taken him. Um, but Jesus said, and, or rather he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. And another way of putting this, throw yourself down, fly, you can fly, right? Why? And he quotes a passage. This is Psalm 91. <laughs> he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Is that an accurate quote of the psalm? Why not? He left out to guard you in all your ways. The devil left out a line. And what should my ways be? They should be God's ways. In other words, when I'm walking my ways, 
I want to walk in lockstep with God's ways and God's will. What is the mode of transportation God gave to me, a man with legs? Walk. What is the mode of transportation God gave to sparrows and robins and angels? Fly. They, have, they can fly. They have wings. I do not have wings. Should I say it? If God had meant man to fly, he would have given him wings. Well, the blessing of flying with a contraption is that, we, that, that there are blessings to being able to use uh, an aircraft and get from here to there and so forth. Um, have you heard about the newest one? There's a brand new flying technology. It's about a month old. Have you heard about this? Um, it uses ions. You probably have on your fan at home a button, if you have a newer fan, that says ion. You push it and positive ions. You can't feel them, but they make you feel better about your life when they, when they hit you and so forth. They've, con they've con constructed this contraption that's, it's, I think it's about four feet, the, the, the demo model that they showed is about four feet by six feet. It's made up of, it, you know, in, in World War I, you know, the Red Baron had a th three-decker airplane. Um, uh, uh, this is like a six-decker wing that are slats that look, for, to me, for all the world, like a bunch of popsicle sticks lined up. But they're, they're all ion emitters. And the thing is divided up into four quadrants. And it's just this big block of sticks, basically, with a hook underneath at the bottom. There's nothing else to it. And with a little remote control, you control the different quadrants of the thing. It goes up, then you move one side up, and it kind of goes this way. And you move the other side up, and it kind of goes this way. And, and it, there's, there's no propellers. There's, there's, there's no jet coming down. There's, it's just molecules coming out of it that are ions that are good for the atmosphere. That's all it is. And it can hold, uh, the, the, the demo model they have can, can carry about four pounds from A to B. The devil left it out. Because my ways should be God's ways. Yeah. So the devil presents this passage this way to make it seem like do anything you want to do. The angels will hold you up. By taking that line out of Psalm 91. He, thanks for bringing us out of my tailspin with a, with a new kind of cool flying technology. But, but yeah, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up. You will not strike your foot against us. It makes it sound like you can do whatever you want to do. It is terribly dangerous to take scripture out of context. And some people used to do that. They, they, I, I know that there were schools at one point in American history where if you had done something wrong, the teacher would say, open up the Bible and point. And that would be your punishment. You know, because most kids would not open up to, you know, Romans, they'd open up to something in the middle, and there's bound to be some horrific punishment in there. Um, you know, if it, um, uh, be scared if there's a stone or a stick mentioned, you know, or, or whatever it is. But, and, but if you start taking passages out of context, you can make the Bible say anything. One verse says, Judas went out and hanged himself. Another verse says, go and do likewise. Another verse says, go and do it quickly. 
All of those verses are in the context of Judas Iscariot. You string them up there and it sounds like you're saying you should go and kill yourself. That's not what the Bible ever says. Um, terribly dangerous to do that and to take the Bible out of context. So we'll stop at verse 6. We will come back to the third temptation um, and to what happens after it. So until next week, uh, God bless you all. You've been listening to Invisible Church, the Bible study podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church, New Wall, Minnesota.